Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Welcome back to another episode of the War Room Podcast. This is Big E. We got T Cop across the table. What's up, T? What's up, Big E? What's going on, brother? Ain't nothing much, man. We are finally in Super Bowl week, which is a bittersweet because it's the end of football season. True. But it's, you know, a big time football game, you know, and we also got the Winter Olympics going on right now, too. But there's nothing like football. I don't care what anybody says. I agree. You know, but <laughs> let's let's talk about bet online real quick. The big game is finally here as we hit Super Bowl Sunday with the last game of the football season. As always, bet online has covered from odd scores, totals, players, performance props to where the next fire coach is going to land. Bet online is the number one spot for all things NFL betting in 2022. And it's not just football. Bet online has basketball, hockey. Boxing, UFC odds coverage is the best in the business. From sports right down to your favorite Vegas casino games, BetOnline is your number one online wagering destination. Head to the BetOnline today or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code BELIEVE to get you started. That's B-L-E-A-V. The fastest and easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports and play your favorite games. BetOnline, where the game starts. Look, I'm going to tell you something. This bet online thing, listen up, people. This bet online thing is real. Like, I actually know somebody that been playing bet online because of the podcast. Oh, that's dope. And when I tell you they've been making some bread, <laughs> like making bread, bread off of this, off this bet online thing. And the crazy thing about it, listen up. When you go to bet online, if you're using it, of course, you're, you're gambling up there on games and different things like that. But it's not like your typical gambling thing. So... You're gonna have you're gonna have different bets up there that you have a 50-50 chance of winning. Which is good odds. <laughs> For a prime example, like who's gonna throw the most touchdown passes? And they have you have to pick between two quarterbacks. Bro, you can bet on when the who's the next coach is gonna be fired. It's crazy. <laughs> so you would have thought that you could bet and win money on the next coach that's gonna be fired or the next one hired. That's crazy. But it is. You know, the good people at Bet Online. Go try it out, people. BetOnline.com. So, T Cop, we got Super Bowl week. Yes, sir. Are you still sticking with your choice last week, which I believe you chose the Rams, right? I chose the Rams, man, but I'm going to tell you something. The more I keep listening to Joe Burrow and <laughs> just feeling the vibes of the Bengals, it's like, man, you just you don't know. But I'm still sticking with the Rams because I said the Rams. I'm still going to stick with them. Uh, I really don't have a, a dog in the fight, but. I think the Bengals might. It, they, they could shake it something might, up. It yeah. might. It might. You, you sit here and look at it, and I think they finished thirteen and seven. Then the Rams finished fifteen and five, which is crazy to read because that's twenty games. You never really think twenty games in a football season. Mm-hmm. But the Bengals are getting somewhat of that Cinderella feel. But is it like it's really not? They just literally outlasted people, and they made plays, and they're supposed to. They never were really, like, terrible, and then all of a sudden, you know, they've been, like, middle-of-the-road good the whole season. I, I think the reason why I feel like they are the Cinderella team is, for one, they haven't played in the Super Bowl in how long. Yeah. And then, for two, their leaders are, like, rookies and second-year players. You think about the guys that's making plays on their team, not, not talking about the defense, but offensively, your quarterback, it's his second year, and he's just coming off injury. ACL. ACL and he tore some other stuff up in his knee. So oh, yeah. it won't he just ACL. A couple times, yeah. yeah. So and then you look at the receiver they have on his team that's 
what, rookie of the year? Mm-hmm. You know, with all these accolades he has, he's a rookie. Yeah. And then you look at the number two receiver, was it Hudgens? Higgins? H- H- Higgins, something like that. Yeah. This is what, year two or three? Mm-hmm. You know, they're, they're extremely young. They're young, and they're putting numbers up, and they're out there making plays, and they're confident. And they're confident. It's almost to the point to where you don't know if if they're doing so well because they just out there just playing. Like, they don't care. This is like college to them. This mm-hmm. is, you know, so it's like it's good football to watch, especially coming from the young generations. Because sure. that just lets you know. It's kind of like the NBA. You see all these young guys in the NBA that's stepping out and they're playing good ball like your Ja Morants, uh, your, your, your uh What's his kid name for the Mavericks? Luca. Luca. You know, so you got a lot of young, and it's a ton of other young talent that's in the league. The, the kid Frey play for the Hawks. Uh, I don't know Ice Trey. I know uh, Ice Trey. What is Trey name? <laughs> I can't even no, no. think of now. You said it, but you have a lot of young guys coming up in NBA that's playing good ball, and you see that the NBA is on the right track. And mm-hmm. it's the same thing that's happening in the NFL. You got a lot of young guys coming to the league mm-hmm. and they're actually sustaining the league and you see okay once the older heads leave you know we're still in good hands right so you sit and look at it and we don't really talk about the different positions we always talk about quarterback mm-hmm. where you got the the Aaron Rodgers that are old you have the Brady who's leaving who is questioning that he did make a statement talking about I don't know how I'm gonna feel in six months mm-hmm. you know and then you have the Ben Roethlisberger's that stepped down you have Phillip Rivers what last year when he stepped down mm-hmm. and Drew Brees yep and we always talk about quarterback, but as far as the receiving core, I mean, you're talking all the really good ones are the younger guys. You still have Devontae Adams, who's an older guy. Mm-hmm. Julio Jones really hasn't done much here. You know, what have you done for me lately? He yep. hasn't really been that guy. Yep. And then you have, uh, who's out there? Who Was that Houston? Was the star at Houston and left with Arizona? Dreads. Uh, Hopkins. He's kind of been hurt off and on. And Michael Thomas and the Saints. So mm-hmm. those guys that have been around a little bit really aren't it. And then you have the Jamar Chase with the Bengals. Mm-hmm. You have the Jefferson kid over the Vikings. Cooper Cups. You have Cooper Cups. You have the CD Lambs. Yeah. You have all the the Weddle kid down at Miami. You have all of these young talents that Debo, he's mm-hmm. still young. You have all these young talents that are showing up yep. and are kind of like, we here. That's true. You know what I mean? <laughs> and it's like, let's stop talking about these guys now. We are here. And and I think that's the feel-good feeling you get with the Bengals because it is fresh. Mm-hmm. You know? And then you you get caught up in the hype. Joe Burrow is cool. Cool Joe. He cool. Though. Joe cool. Like, you Didn't got some cigarettes called Joe Cools? I, I, you know, I have no clue. But it, it, uh, <laughs> Joe Camel. It's Joe, Joe Camel. Yeah. The, 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 but he has like 10 nicknames because he's just... A cool he dude. Cool. He's just chill, mellow. Yeah. Don't talk too much. And, you know, and a lot of people, I feel like the the everyday person can vibe with him. Yeah. And I think that's what it is. You yeah. know, and then you have, you know, us that are somewhat a little older that's like, man, Matthew Stafford came from the Lions, bro. Mm-hmm. Where you like, come on, like that story. You know what I yeah. mean? Like, give him a chance just he because he was dirt. with the Lions. That's what we call came, coming from the dirt. For real. <laughs> Came from and, the grave, Biggie. And then you got Beckham, who people are fans of Beckham. True. He's always a fan favorite in most cases. You know, uh, he interacts with the fans very well. Yeah. You know what I mean? He's always doing something. And the fact that he is coming off this knee injury in that situation with the Browns where it wasn't going good. Yeah. And then all of a sudden he gets with this team and it's, 
you know, he he's thriving again. Yep. And then you see his old teammate that's still with the Browns reaches out to him and shows him love all over social media mm-hmm. for making it to the Super Bowl. So it's like you have two feel-good stories with both teams. Yeah. You I just know? want to see a good game. And I think it's going to – I want to see the halftime show. That's just me. I want to see how they put this thing together. Look, I'm going to tell you something. The halftime show, I I love the lineup. Mm-hmm. I love the personalities they have lined up for it. But is it too many personalities? Nah. Like how – I'm trying to figure out how are we going to wrap our mind around or how they're going to – like you say, how they're going to coordinate everything. That's yeah. what I want to see. Because you got guys that are simply in there for one verse. But it's not going to be there for. But they're not going to give them the whole verse, though. You know what I mean? They're going to do their little mix and blend it into another song and stuff like that. You got Eminem, Kendrick Lamar, Snoop, Dre, Mary J. All of those, all of those people you just named, all of those are headliners. For sure. So they all need their respective time. Right. right, right. That's what I'm trying to figure out how they're going to put it together. That's what I want to see. Eminem don't make sense to be in the show. Honestly. Because it's LA. We should have just kept it Kendrick. You should have kept it Kendrick, Snoop, Dre. And I understand he's with Dre. Yeah, that's what, like, to me, I feel like M and Dre, they like, they right hand in hand to me. Man, you should have brought, I mean, if if Nate Dogg wasn't, you know, if he hadn't passed away, if you didn't have that song Regulators playing with Warren G. No, no, I get Nate Dogg. I like that. that. I like that, but I don't, that's not dismissing Eminem, though. You should have Dove Shack with Summertime and the LBC playing in this thing. And obviously, like they're, not, they're not famous like that. Yeah. But, you know, the game could have done something. I think who they got is a good representative. Yeah, I'm just not a fan of Eminem mixing him with the LA vibe. But why? But he, I, I understand. But you, you Kendrick, Dre, Snoop. It's like you had a theme, and then you just slide Eminem in there. Then you slide Mary J. Where Mary J. from? I don't, I don't know. know where she's from. But she's still iconic. She's iconic. None she's iconic. And then Eminem, he done sold more records than all of them. Yeah. Strong, strong <laughs> chance. Yeah, so, I mean, yeah, yeah. I, mean I, I think you got to keep him in there. I mean, I'm not mad at it. I feel like it's still going to be a good show for yeah. sure. I mean, it's going to be a great show. Now, Going back to the game, the Bengals lead the all-time series 8-6 to six mm-hmm. against the Rams. The Rams are a four-and-a-half-point favorite. I'm, I'm I'm still sticking with the Rams. As much as yeah. the Bengals, the Bengals make you question it. You know yep. I mean? They, they really do because you just want them to do something. And the Bengals have never – in our lifetime, the Bengals have not been successful mm-hmm. as far as the, the years. Maybe when That's we true. was like babies. Mm-hmm. But uh, – I don't know how old you are. I'm 37. I mean, you're older than me. But uh, I'm 39. That's it. 39. That's it. How old you turn 40? 40? I turned 40 this year, though. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm 39. You still got the juice, though. Yeah. That's all that matters. You still got the juice. <laughs> you know, so, you know, the, the they had pep rallies. Mm-hmm. The Bengals had a pep rally. They gave out 30,000 tickets, and they used all 30,000 at their home stadium. They turned. They ready to go. They ready to roll. The Rams might have had a thousand people, and they did it at a high school stadium, which obviously they probably couldn't use their stadium because of the Super Bowl preparations. But do they really have fans? That's a great question. And that's one thing I'm sitting here thinking about now since you bring that up. Do they have fans? It's not really home. Is there a lot of – even before now, has there always – has the Rams ever had like diehard fans? I mean, when they were the greatest show on turf in St. Louis, 
when you had Kurt Warner, Isaac Bruce, and Marshall Falk, those guys, yeah. Torrey Hope, they had diehards, but I'm pretty sure they were probably pissed off at the Rams left St. Louis. But then you went in the Rams in L.A. before? Yeah, back with Eric Dickerson. Yeah, back in the day. But they probably lost all of them when they went to St. Louis. Not all of them, but a lot of them. I don't know, man. It just seemed like Cincinnati. Like you said, Cincinnati fans. They, Cincinnati they ready, ready to go. They, they ain't ready. got nothing to lose. Yeah, they nope. ready. You know, the, the, the moves the Rams made by giving away five, six first-round picks mm-hmm. to put this roster together, Super Bowl or bust type moves. Yeah. And they never really stood out like that. Like they just took off and took control of the season. They mm-hmm. never really did that. Yep. But they are there where they had planned to be. Mm-hmm. Uh, someone tried to compare their roster moves to the Golden State Warriors when they brought in KD. And it's nowhere near. It's, you know, when KD went to the Warriors, the Warriors you knew was, the Warriors were going to win. There yeah. was nothing else. There was, I mean, the Warriors are going to win the championship. That's just what it was. But when they made their moves with the Rams, you still didn't say that. And, and I think the only reason why you did that, and the reason you, I get the comparison. Mm-hmm. I get the comparison. But when I look at the comparison, especially let's talk about the Golden State Warriors, they had already won a championship before KD they, got there. Right. So they, they was already, already strapped together. anyway. Was, yeah. So when KD came, you was like, yeah, for sure. They're going to win it again. <laughs> yeah. you know. But with, with the Rams, for one, they haven't won anything in a while. Mm-hmm. And you bring in a kid like Stafford from the Lions. He's a great quarterback, but he's been washed down so much because the fact he was with the Lions. Mm-hmm. So you always knew he was a good quarterback, but you just really didn't know because he's just been with a terrible organization. And then you bring in a kid like Odell Beckham. You bring Odell Beckham in, but he didn't come in from the jump. You know, so he got what? Either traded or they released him or they picked well, him up. Woods got hurt. Mm-hmm. Robert Woods got hurt and they were able to pick up Beckham from the Browns. But they they picked Beckham up before Woods got hurt. Right. Woods got hurt like that Friday in practice. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So you pick a guy up that that hasn't been doing anything. Of right. course, Odell Beckham still is a big name, but he still wasn't unproven. having good. Exactly, he, he had bad seasons coming back from that knee injury mm-hmm. too. And then you got you pick Von Miller up late in the season, and he's still been doing good, but you don't really know because he's more he's more the telling of his career mm-hmm. than he is at the mm-hmm. the prime of it. So they picked up some lot of a lot of good pieces, but you were still kind of uh, yeah. And they had brought Rams in the year before at mm-hmm. corner, so you just. You really don't know. So, I mean, Stafford was the big pickup, mm-hmm. which was a toss-up. We knew he was good, like you said. We yep. knew he was good, but you didn't know exactly he how good really he know. could be because <laughs> he was with the Lions. And, you know, I think they went to the playoffs maybe one time, if that, when he was with them. But uh, maybe twice in 12, in 12, 13 years, something like that. But, you know, in other, in, in, in other topics in football, you know, we had a lot of hiring and firings of uh, head coaches. Mm-hmm. Then you have the, 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 I guess, the controversial conversation about the African-American coach being hired. You have the story of Brian Flores coming out. Speak, mm-hmm. speak on that, if you don't mind, T. Uh, I think when it first came out, I was kind of mind blown by it. But I feel like I don't think he was making that stuff up. I don't think so either. I don't think he was making it up because that stuff kind of happens. I'm not going to say it happens all the time. Because as players, one thing about it is the part that really got me was the part for one that got me. I never, I never thought he should have been fired anyway. Right. For one, that was the first thing that got me. And then what really got me, not so much of 
the Bill Pars, not Bill Parcells, but the Bill Belichick's texting him about, you know, congratulations, getting mm-hmm. the job. He just texted wrong uh, Brian. It's really, I think it was he was trying to text Dable. Yeah. But that really didn't get me. But what got me was the fact that when when coach said that the owner was trying to pay him $100,000 for each game that he lost in 2019. Yeah, 2019. To me, that is disrespecting the not just the integrity of the game, but you disrespecting the integrity of your coach because at the end of the day, players and coaches don't tank. Because I don't think people understand how hard it is and what you go through during the week to prepare for this team. Mm-hmm. And forget the week, just training camp, period. It's too hard going through the week preparing for a team just to go out there to try to lose or to tank it. Right. And the coaches put too much time in as well. So players and coaches don't tank. So if something like that, if something like that comes up, it got to come from the top. Right. And, and, St- and Stephen Ross, which is the owner, said he was unhappy – uh, with the team's performance, uh, not because it was underperforming, but to the contrary, Mr. Ross wanted Flores to tank the season to put them in position to secure the first pick in the draft. Mm-hmm. And he said, what, he would pay Flores $100,000 for each game lost that year. That's just insane. That's I, crazy. I mean, yeah, I just, that's $1.6 potentially if he lost all of them. Uh, but then they started winning games. Again, in 2019, they had started winning games. Mm -hmm. And again, this year, same thing. So it's like Flores has done his job, which speaks. It makes you say, was he fired because he went against what Mr. Ross wanted? And they were tired of it? I think, I mean, I think they have a lot to do with it. Mm -hmm. Why else are you going to fire him? You know, why else? I mean, because you're, you're not able to control him. Money wasn't controlling him. And and uh, the coach wanted him to start recruiting and do that whole tampering thing to get a quarterback. You see, that's crazy. Yeah, so they wanted him to do uh, to start recruiting prominent quarterbacks, uh, which is obviously is a violation of the league tampering rules. Mm-hmm. So it almost is like, all right, we're already, as African-American, very limited in those roles as head coaches, but now yep. you want him to cheat, which is if he gets caught, mm-hmm. it's going to make that, Look even worse. Make it look even worse. And then you know another coach that got fired that I'm surprised he got fired. Uh, coach Cully. Out of the Texans? Out of the Texans. Now, Coach Cully was my my last year in, in Kansas City. He was my receiver coach my last year in Kansas City. Mm-hmm. The fact that he got fired, like how do you fire him after his last season when he don't have a quarterback? Because yeah. uh, what's his what's the old boy name? Oh, man, why you got to ask me questions God, like that? man, Big E. <laughs> My memory, bad. <laughs> you sure you ain't 40 already? Gracious. Uh, Hold on, what's his name? The quarterback for the Texans. You know, the one that has got all the allegations. Got the stuff. allegations and stuff. You know. We got to figure. I'm going to get his name. before. before yeah, I'm going to call his name. Do. It might be random. Please I'm going to call his name out. Yeah. But <laughs> for you to fire your coach, before you, for you to fire your head coach without a quarterback, and with basically a complete a depleted roster, mm-hmm. and you still fire him after one season. Where else does that happen at? That's not gonna. And I'm not a racist guy, but I don't see that happening to a to a Caucasian coach. Mm-mm. I don't see that happening. Deshaun Watson, by Deshaun the way. Deshaun Watson. There <laughs> yeah. we go. Deshaun Watson. But yeah, I mean, it's it's absurd. I mean, literally going back to Flores, it was like he was non compliant and difficult to work with, is what they're saying. 
He was non-compliant because they're trying to get him to cheat. Yeah, they're trying to get him to cheat. <laughs> he and was. Then you think about it when you and and again, I hate racial conversations. I cannot stand it. Mm-hmm. But sometimes it's just it just sits in your face and forces you to talk about it. You have no choice. You have no choice because when you look at Bill Belichick and how many times they got caught cheating, mm-hmm. I mean. <laughs> Come on, man. Now, I'm be honest with you. When it comes to the Belichick situation, I think they was cheating for sure. You had the flake, the deflate gate, mm-hmm. and then you had the spy cam. Mm-hmm. Now, I, I feel like the spy cam. Truthfully, I'm be honest with you. I'm be honest with both of them. They was cheating, mm-hmm. but when it comes to the deflate gate, how they're taking air out of the ball so he can throw it better, and this is everybody that. If you haven't had a chance to to be in the NFL locker room. So I played when I was, I ain't going to say what team I was on. But when I played, you had <laughs> equipment managers. Yeah. They'll go to the quarterback because they don't want to have the new balls. They mm-hmm. got to break the balls in. They go to the quarterback. Okay. How you like to give them the ball? How you like the ball? How it feel? And the quarterback may say, I put a little more air in it. You like how it feel? Or take a little more air out of it. You know, so it's never... That to me really wasn't cheating. I feel like that is just something that every organization did. Every organization did for their quarterback because if I if I'm if I gotta make sure the ball is in good shape, I'm gonna give the ball to my quarterback and let him say, okay, how do you like this ball? Do you want to take a little air out of it, put a little more air in? Not necessarily making it super flat so he can throw it better, but of course that it, that will help your grip, mm-hmm. especially in cold games. But that happens. Even if the game wasn't cold, that still happens. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? But nobody's – I didn't even know that was a rule until it happened, until they said they was cheating. But maybe it was just a little bit there's – there's probably a threshold that it has to stay between. I mean, it, I, I guess I it imagine is. so, and it probably dropped beneath that substantially. Nobody knew about that rule until they got caught with it mm-hmm. because it happened a lot. Not saying they flattened it, totally flattened it, but that stuff happens – but nobody knew about that rule. Right. Didn't and even the rule still. about uh, the spy cam, the spy gate, whatever they came up mm-hmm. with. Now, don't get me wrong. I understand you stealing signs and stuff like that. But nobody knew it was a rule. Right. If your, shine, if your signs are out and and we can see them. As a coach myself, I watch hand signals on the other side. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? Now, I ain't, I ain't recording it, but. Yeah. That stuff happens. Competitive advantages. Yes, but nobody knew that was a rule until they got caught. So that's mm-hmm. why I'm not so so headstrong about, ah, they was cheating. So you know what's funny, right? What's that? So you and I watch I Am Athlete podcast. Mm-hmm. Uh, if anybody didn't watch, it's an awesome podcast on YouTube. Yep. DJ Williams, he's mm-hmm. kind of one of the newer faces on there. Okay. Play linebacker with the Broncos for a substantial amount of time. Mm-hmm. From Miami? Yes. Yep. McDaniels was at the Broncos. Okay. Same way you was like, I'm not going to say what team I was on. He a little hesitant to talk about it. Mm-hmm. He was talking about how they was cheating and recording stuff. <laughs> so what happened? So, so who was the coach? What you mean? McDaniels. Who did McDaniels come from? Who, the, uh, the Patriots? And who did he go back to? <laughs> I get it. I get it. But I'm just saying that stuff happens. So, but I don't think anybody knew it was a well. The coaching staff may knew it, but the players, nobody knew that was a rule until you saw it. Players ain't for you to know because you ain't never picking up a camera. I mean, I get it. 
You're ne- they have a film crew. Mm-hmm. You know, so the funny thing is with my team that I coach, a lot of my players are like, hey, coach, can you help me find a helmet or what's a good helmet? Can you help me fix my helmet? Can you help? I'm like, I ain't never done that before. Yeah. Like, they always did it for me. Like, <laughs> why are you asking me? Well, I figure since you played here and there that you yeah. know how to do it. No, dog, they That's all funny. did it for us. So there's certain things that you don't do, mm-hmm. which as a player, you're never handling film other than when you go sit in that room after practice, you hit play, stop, rewind, fast forward. That's all you do, slow motion. Mm-hmm. So it's not a rule for you to know. I get it, man. But you look at this. You see on the sidelines when coaches are giving their play call out and they got that play call over their mouth. Mm-hmm. So you can't see it. So you can't see what they're saying. They cover their mouth for certain reasons, not because, oh, I want to smell my breath giving this play. Mm-hmm. They covering it up so nobody, so no cameras can pick up what they're saying. So if they're doing it to cover their mouth, why would I think that it's illegal to steal signs? That's what that's what now I understand it's illegal. I but, figured it was just blocking out extra noise. What you mean? To the mic. What you, you mean? Sometimes they covering their mouth. I'm thinking they're just trying to Block out extra noise, kind of like how you light a cigarette. You got to block out no, the wind. Uh-uh. <laughs> <laughs> no, <laughs> no, but but so let's let's talk about some of the hirings. You have the Bears mm-hmm. who hired Matt Elberfuss. Elber Eberfluss. I can't say his name. He's the Colts defensive coordinator from 2018 to 2021. Okay, uh, they fired obviously Matt Nagy, and they bring in. He deserved to get. I'm gonna say he deserved to be fired, but he he earned it. He earned to be fired. <laughs> yeah, he earned that. Then you jump down to the Broncos. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you are you familiar with Nathaniel Hackett. I'm not. Uh, he was the Packers offensive coordinator from 2019 to 2021. Um, the Texans. They hire within. They bring in a D coordinator from last season, Lovey Smith. Is that a hire because everything is going on? Are they trying to save face? My honest opinion? Yeah, I want to know it. They trying to save face. Absolutely trying to save face. Because why would you why would you fire Coach Cully, which is a black man, after one season without a quarterback? Without his franchise guy. Exactly. He's, why would you fire him just to hire another same person on the same staff? Exactly. Makes no sense. It don't make sense to me. Now, I could see if this was like year two or three, year three or four, and you yeah. fire him one year. One year. Mm-hmm. Come on. I don't get it. I think I just hope Coach Smith don't fall into the trap of, I ain't going to say fall into a trap, but I just hope he don't. I just hope the Texans aren't just doing this to save face, like you said. Right now, and and not to jump, but I want to. I'm gonna jump up past my list that I have here. The Miami Dolphins mm-hmm. they hire Mike McDaniel, who identifies as multiracial. I think they did that to save face as well. Yeah, <laughs> I'm absolutely like I feel the same way. Yeah, and and again, I hate to talk about race, mm-hmm. but people, let's be honest. There are racial tensions in America. There that is what it is. It's always racial been. discrepancies in America or yeah. internationally. I mean, it's just it is something that is there. It exists. A lot of people want to be blind to it. Mm-hmm. And I, I have so many friends from. I grew up military, so I have so many friends that are different races, ethnicities, different backgrounds. I have friends that are, you know, they speak French, Asian languages, all these different things. I have all of these friends and some of them just truly 
only see you as who you are, their friend. Mm -hmm. And they're blind to what goes on in the world sometimes. Mm -hmm. And it takes a close friend like myself with some of them to have that conversation, Mm -hmm. you know, and it is it's unfortunate. That's it's literally all it is. It's unfortunate that it is a thing. Mm-hmm. And and it's sad that we can't celebrate Levy Smith being hired without having to say, man, with an asterisk by we it. We gotta put an asterisk by it. Like it's like, yeah. Like it sucks. Yeah. That's true. It legit sucks. And it, and, it, and the, on the other side of it, there are qualified Caucasian coaches yep. that are gonna catch the bad end of this because decisions made before them. Mm-hmm. The trend that has always gone on, you know what I mean. I'm sure there was somebody that was that could have better track record than Lovey Smith. Mm-hmm. I but know Lovey Smith got a good he one. He do. He had a winning record. Yeah, you know, um, it was one of the most phenomenal things, and you know, uh, a history moment in sports. And and and, and being that it's Black History Month, it was a Black History moment when Lovey Smith squared up against Tony Dungy in the Super Bowl. In the Super Bowl, he getting got he ended up getting beat, mm-hmm. but that was a Black History moment. That was a Black History moment. It I mean, was. it was a, a phenomenal thing to see people uh, that look like us in the Super Bowl coaching teams, leading teams, of groups of men. This is yeah. awesome, you know. So let's jump to the Jaguars. They hired Doug Peterson, who was the Eagles coach from 2016 to 2020. Do you mm-hmm. feel like that's a good hire? They hired him where as the head coach. Mm-hmm. And he was the Eagles coach when? 16 to 20. He won a Super Bowl there, right? Mm-hmm. I think it's a good hire only if he bring in some great assistant coaches. Yeah. Which he should be able to. Yeah. I was actually kind of shocked that, well, he probably didn't want it, but I was shocked that um, Byron Leftwich, you know, didn't potentially get that job. He probably didn't want it to go back to Jacksonville anyway. So, so from my understanding, from me reading up on it, uh, Brian Leftwich was at the top of the list when it comes to hiring him in Jacksonville, but they didn't want to fire the GM and Brian Leftwich said he couldn't work with the GM. So he dropped himself out of it. Okay. Yeah. Makes sense. I mean, I can understand that. Then you have the Raiders. They hired Josh McDaniels. <laughs> We're about to get another spy gate. Which he, he was a Patriots OC from 2012 to 2021. I think, I think that's a good pickup. But again, he need to make sure he get a solid staff. Which I believe he will. Mm-hmm. You know, I believe he will. He is very popular. He's done the head coach thing before. And he's uh, a pretty solid OC. I mean, quite frankly, he probably should retain quite a few people that were on the Raiders staff this past year because they held that thing together. They did. Very good for what they went through. That's the truth. You know, for what they went through dealing with uh, Chucky, uh, what's his name, Gruden, mm-hmm. Um with all of that, and there you go again, hate to bring up race, but there, that was another thing. That was another racist issue. So tell me this, who was the intern coach for the Raiders? Did you you know who that was? Because uh, And the reason why I asked that is because they finished so strong, even when Gruden was done, they still finished so strong. I'm like, well, dang, maybe the intern head coach, you know, is may should be the guy and bring in Josh uh, McDaniel as the offensive coordinator. Yeah, it was Rich. I don't know how to say his last name. B i s a c c i a. Rich Bichia, something like that. But okay. he's supposed to get hired as the special teams coordinator for the Packers, I believe. 
wasn't we talking about that on on air? And I mm. said, the special team coach gonna get fired on the on the <laughs> yeah. bus. Yeah, on the bus. You said it. <laughs> on you the plane. So I'm that, telling you. And that's why I, I put note to say bring that up because I remember you mentioning <laughs> that. But yeah, so they're supposed to bring him, who was the interim coach for the Raiders, onto the Packers to be their new special teams coordinator. I think that'd be a good pickup. Oh, for sure. I mean, yeah. the guy held a whole team together. Imagine That's he can truth. hold just a group together. Yeah. You know, he's probably going to be very successful at it. So uh, the Saints bring in Dennis Allen. They hired within the D coordinator for the last six years for them. I feel like that's a solid hire. You can speak on that more. That's a huge hire. And the reason why I say that, because I, I had Coach Allen, I want to say, in New Orleans, and I had him in, in Dallas, if I'm not mm-hmm. mistaken. So the New Orleans Saints – They've won games. They beat Tampa Bay without Coach Payton. Coach Payton was hurt, not hurt, but he was out with COVID uh, this past year. Mm -hmm. And Coach Allen stepped up to be the head coach. And they ended up still beating Tom Brady and them during the season without Coach Payton. Their defense was top five in the NFL, which was led by Coach Allen. He was defense coordinator. So when I look at that, and then you still have – if he can keep his coaching staff intact, that's why I'm glad they hired within the program already. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So now he can keep his offense, he can keep his his coaches intact. The offense don't have to change at all because you still got Pete there. Pete was Coach Peyton protege, put it that way. Right. He was the guy that kind of was under Coach Peyton wing ever since Coach Peyton been in New Orleans. So he know that he know that offense like the back of his hand. I mean, how long do you be a protege? <laughs> I mean, because uh, uh, Coach Payton was there for a minute. That's true. But guess what? He's learning. He was learning behind him. So now he got a chance to step up, which I'll be very surprised if he don't step up and be the offensive coordinator this year. I'll be surprised. But he's ready for it. So now your coaching staff still intact. Your defense still intact, which is, they still got to continue to get better because it's a new year every year. Mm-hmm. So really what you have to understand is for that team, for the Saints team, you just got to figure out what you want at the quarterback position and get you some receivers in the draft or whether you're free agents. And they're going to have to get a new running back. Let's talk about that for a yeah. second. <laughs> Let's talk. What happened? I, I don't know the whole story, but they said they got Alvin Kamara on video hitting a guy eight times. You ain't got me on video still in no boxes. Not on my day Not on my day Not on my day You know, but. And it ain't funny, but. Allegedly, he so, got into altercation uh, at some club. The. Um, and they got him on camera and he getting charged with battery or something like that. He was said he got him on tape hitting the guy eight times. You know who I blame that on? I blame that on him, for one. Mm-hmm. And I blame it on whoever was with him. His entourage or whoever was with him. Because you whoever know he had some people from the crib with him. He had to. I'm telling you, and even if they won't from the crib, it don't matter. Like, you know, when you with a certain group, you know what everybody have to lose. Mm-hmm. You know it. So it's certain situations that you ain't even going to put yourself in because, you know, everybody in here, everybody that I'm with has something to lose. And it don't matter if he was with his homeboys back from the crib or guys that's playing in the league. They shouldn't allow that to happen. He shouldn't been in there swinging and punching nobody no eight times. That shouldn't happen. And I, so I blamed it on not on just him. Because he got to take responsibility for his own actions. But I, t- I, t- I put that on guys that he's with. Because if, if the guys that you with is going to allow you to fight in the club and you at the Pro Bowl. Yeah. 
that's the wrong group to be around. It's the wrong group. So they actually, he was actually in trouble before the Pro, the pro Bowl. Okay. And they let him play. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, just, it's, it's crazy that the, before they charged him with it, they let him play in the game. So this didn't happen in Vegas. Or did it happen in Vegas? That was early Saturday morning at was it Dreas Dre's strip club or whatever it was. Oh, so it said. happened. So it happened in Vegas, but they still allowed him to play in the game, and then they charged him after the game. Mm-hmm. Well, Vegas, we can appreciate that. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? We can appreciate that, <laughs> even though they need to stop playing these Pro Bowl games. God, it was two hand touch. They need to cancel that. Don't throw that whole thing away. They're I mean, better off doing the skills test thing. Don't do anything. Yeah, that too. That's all you need to do. And not to get off the subject, that's all you need to do. You need to just recognize and acknowledge the guys that made the Pro Bowl, but don't play the game. Because at the end of the day, that's all we want to know anyway, who made the Pro Bowl, just so they can have it on their resume, Mm -hmm. you know, as being one of the best, made the Pro Bowl this year, that year. Nobody wants to play in the Pro Bowl. That's why they're doing two-hand tag, because they don't really want to tackle. They ain't trying to get hurt. Yeah, and it's very easy to get hurt in football. Yeah, so don't even have the game. Just acknowledge Whoever made the Pro Bowl, acknowledge it, but don't have the game because I'd rather, I'd rather watch paint dry than watching that mess. That was bad. That ain't football. It was bad. I mean, it was really, really bad, dude. I, I, want, I want the league to get, and I understand injuries and stuff, but I wanted to get back to when you had like the Jerry Rice and Deion Sanders going against each other. And, like they trying to prove a point that I'm yeah. the best. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Yeah. You can't like do that, that no more because teams will, you know, throw you away or throw you in the trash. It's almost like if the NFL would, like, guarantee your contract that you're on the your team if you got hurt in the Pro Bowl, then maybe guys will play harder. But I still doubt that because some guys going to be early in their career, some going to be late. So it's still going to be mixed up, and it's going to have mixed emotions and feelings about how they play. So, like you said, throw the whole thing in the trash. Throw it in the trash. But I do like what you're talking about, guaranteeing a contract if they get hurt yeah. during the Pro Bowl. But it's got a lot of stipulations behind it because now somebody might get hurt after the Pro Bowl. We're like, oh, well, I got hurt during the Pro Bowl. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. because if you making the Pro Bowl, obviously the season you just had was a great season. For sure. You know, so. So it's time to re-up on some money. Something. Some sort, you know. All right, let's jump back. Then you had the Vikings who hired Kevin O'Connell, who was the Rams offensive coordinator from two, last this past two seasons. Mm-hmm. I don't know much about him. But then you also have the Giants, which is that oh, whole wait, question. Give me one second. Who who you say got hired? Kevin O'Connell. What did he what did he do now? He was the Rams OC from twenty 2020 twenty to twenty twenty one. So he the OC this year. Yes. So he's still the OC for the Rams. Correct. I changed my Super Bowl pick. I'm going to Bengals because he might be too much distraction. Even though he's gonna try to stay focused, he ain't doing. It. He, he told me that new bag he about to get. <laughs> too much distraction. I'm going with the Bengals. Yeah, that's a good choice. Good choice. I ain't think about that. You got a point there, T. I got to give you that. And then lastly, you have the Giants who hired Brian Dable, mm-hmm. uh, who was the Bills OC from 2018 to 2021. Yep. Um, now, that questionable thing about him getting the job and then them interviewing, interviewing Brian Flores two days after they already gave this guy the job and Bill Belichick and the whole text message thing, which – I feel like that's going to be a distraction for Brian and then it's going to be for Dable and it's going to end up hindering his chances to be successful. I don't think so because none of that was it wasn't Dable's fault. It wasn't. It wasn't it wasn't coach Belichick's fault. But if he doesn't start winning, 
it's going to be a conversation. Well, maybe they should have hired Flores. And it's gonna be in the and it's, it's gonna be in the news. They're gonna have that conversation. You got the wrong Brian Giants. <laughs> you, <laughs> That's you the they got the wrong Brian. You know what I mean? But I mean, but he, I mean, honestly, regardless of this situation happened, everybody know that New York media is crazy and they tough anyway. So I feel like if he start losing, regardless, they're gonna start talking crazy about him anyway. So. Which is true, indeed, and I believe that, too. So it is what it is. But what we're going to do, man, we're going to, since it's Black History Month, mm-hmm. uh, we're going to jump into, you know, something real quick and, and try to somewhat speed through it a little bit. But Masterworks uh, is a new sponsor of the show. Um, it's an opportunity for people to invest. So you want to make some money? How about you invest in an exciting asset that's outpaced the S&P 500 by 164% for 25 years? I'm talking about art. Masterworks is a new investing app that lets you invest in blue chip paintings from icons like Picasso, Monet, Warhol without needing millions. Over 300,000 people have already signed up. Get priority access with your with our unique promo, log on to masterworks.art slash believe. That's masterworks.art slash believe, B-L-E-A-V. See important disclosure on masterworks.io slash disclosures. So that brings us to our Black History moment that we're going to discuss, and we're going to go straight to T-Cop's hometown, mm-hmm. and we're going to talk about a young athlete at the time, back in the day, mm-hmm. <laughs> from Washington High School, Dominique Wilkins, which a lot of people don't know that he's from small eastern North Carolina. Yep. Have you ever had any run-ins with Dominique Wilkins, being that he's from? I have. He came back to um, he came back to Washington, I think retired his jersey, and mm-hmm. he had something at the Civic Center, so I I went and took my, took my boys with me as well to get a chance to meet him. Dope. Yep. So... You know, born January 12th, 1960, 62 years old now. He was actually born in Paris, France. Must be a military kid. 6'8", 215-pound guard, Washington, North Carolina. Went to Georgia from 79 to 82. Was drafted in the first round, third overall pick by what team? Bet you can't tell me. Mm, third overall? Mm-hmm. I don't know. The Utah Jazz. Dang. <laughs> but obviously he was traded over to the Hawks. So he was with the Hawks from 82 to 94, where he spent most of his career. Clippers in 94, Celtics 94-95. Went overseas, can't even say that team's name, from 95 to 96. 96-97 with the Spurs, 97-98. Back overseas in the 99 with Orlando, Orlando Magic. Uh, his dad was definitely in the Air Force. Uh, they moved around all places, Dallas, Baltimore, all those things. But ultimately he is uh, a nine-time NBA All-Star. All NBA first team, four time NBA second team, two time NBA third team, rookie first team, NBA scoring champion in '86. Uh, won the slam dunk contest a couple times. Um, Atlanta Hawks retired his jersey number. So the guy was a baller at the end of the day. You know what I mean? Just point blank pillar. To come from that such a small town mm-hmm. is pretty dope. So, and, and you know what? To, to add to that, when he was in Washington uh, in high school, that basketball team won three state championships in a row. I'm sure he had something to do with it. And he wasn't the best player on the team. Who was the best player? You had some other guys, man. You had uh, Alvis. Alvis was good. Then Tony Boston. Tell you something. Tony Boston was the point guard of that team, right? Mm-hmm. Tony Boston is like 50, almost 60, if I ain't mistaken. He still hooped to this day. And getting it in. And he's still first-round pick. 
<laughs> really? Yeah, I'm telling they you. They're picking him up like that. He's still they... getting picked up. Yeah. I'm telling you, Tony Boston. But, but he's a legend down there. But, but him quick, and Dominique. Speaking about Dominique, 26,000 points. He averaged 24.8 over his season, over his career. Uh, 6.7 rebounds, two and a half assists. Uh, but that's our Black History Moment on the War Room Podcast brought to us by Masterworks. So now it's time to jump into what T Cop says is the question of the day. Brought to us by NordVPN, which is a uh, VPN, one of the world's best VPN services, offering the fastest connectivity, most servers, and next-gen encryption to make sure that everything you do online stays secure. Plus, you can use the NordVPN on all of your computers and devices, no matter the operating system. With NordVPN's unlimited bandwidth, you never have to worry about a slow connection either, and plans to start in under $4 per month. So grab your exclusive NordVPN deal by going to NordVPN.com slash believe or use the code believe that's B-L-E-A-V to get up to the 70% off your NordVPN plan plus one additional month for free. It also is risk-free Nord's 30-day money back guarantee. So NordVPN is going to sponsor our questions of the day. And um, it's always nerve wracking because T get these questions and he don't never tell me what the question <laughs> is beforehand. And he says, Big E, I got some questions for you. And I can all I can say is, all I can say is, I, I don't know. So <laughs> ask your question. I'm going to try to answer it, brother. All right, here we go. So we got some questions. We got two of them. Does the feeling of winning or the feeling of losing motivate you to try to win more? That's the first question. And I can give you, I, you can give me your opinion. I give you mine. So my opinion is there's nothing like winning. Mm-hmm. So you always want to do it some more if you have a true competitive nature Mm -hmm. Uh, and losing will make you reevaluate yourself and see where you're at and why you lost, which is ultimately motivating you to try to win again. So, yes, absolutely. Winning makes you want to win. Losing makes you want to win. And and more than that. And yes, winning, but losing makes you want to get your face back. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like I need to insert my dominance somewhere. And that's playing and coaching. Yeah. You know, so. And and for me, I am. I feel like losing makes motivates me to win more. And and the reason why is because I hate losing more than I love winning. The the emotions from losing is way more drastic to me it than longer. Yes, than the emotions from winning. Mm-hmm. So I hate losing more than I love winning. So losing is what motivates me to want to keep winning. Okay. Even though I don't like the feeling of losing, but I need that feeling. So not to come at you in your career, but you, so you, have you ever went undefeated in any sport? Little league, little league, I went undefeated. Well, we don't uh, think about it like that. Back yeah, then, I, I mean, believe. but not college, not high school, right. not pros. Not in Coaching? high school, we lost maybe once. Coaching went undefeated. Okay. Yep. So winning didn't make you want to keep winning when you were coaching. After you were undefeated, like, don't you want to keep uh, that course, streak? Of course, you want to keep winning, but like for me, but still losing, still, still losing. I, I just, I, I can't stand to lose. I'm with you. You it know, tears my damn nerves up. Yeah, like <laughs> it, when we win, my excitement level is not how it is when I it's lose. What you were supposed to do? <laughs> yes, you know what I mean. I can't stand losing. Yeah, I'm with you. So, what's your, your second part of your question? Bro? All right, second question. As a former player and now coach, do you separate the mentality of how you were as a player? From your coaching style now. And I can give you my answer. You can give me yours and I give you mine. All right. So I will say for me, coaching now, I am I'm a player's coach. Mm-hmm. 
but I'm an asshole. Mm-hmm. And I will, I mean, and this just, it is what it is. Yeah. There's not much you come off. But as a player, mm-hmm. I was cool, calm, collected. Yeah. My boys just like, man, you don't get hyped up. I was like, nah, bro. Like, you don't understand <laughs> what that first drive do to you. Like, yeah. I'm not trying to be all this jumping around. That first True. drive is rough. Yeah, take it out. You yeah. know what I'm saying? So <laughs> that wasn't me. Now, as a coach in preparation, I stress. Mm-hmm. I just don't ever feel like I'm all the way prepared. Okay. You know, speaking of that, like, I knew my answer the other day to the question that I was trying to ask while I was on the practice field, but I picked up the phone to call T cop Mm -hmm. because he played wide receiver and I wanted to run something by him. And I already had the same answer. He told me, Mm -hmm. but it's just like that preparation. I just don't ever feel right. So if I got friends that can confirm these things, I'm calling them, calling my lifelines. You know what I mean? So I like it. I always want to make prepared. And I'll tell you this right now. And I hate to hear this because my players listen to the show. I trust me. Mm hmm. I don't necessarily trust the players all the time. Yeah. Because I prepare so hard compared to when I played. Like, yeah, I prepared when I played, but mm-hmm. now I got to use the chess pieces. Before I was a chess piece. True. Now I, like I got to move yeah. 22 to 33 players around and make sure that they're there and here and everywhere. And people, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, yep. So I get the, it. The, the preparation is so much more as a coach for me. Mm-hmm. And I'm a little bit more intense mm-hmm. as a coach than I was a player. Got you. I like that. It's mm-hmm. a good answer. So for me, I can give you a quick story. So when I played, I was a, we looked from the outside in, I was real calm, kind of calm. But mm-hmm. when I was on the field, I was a rah-rah guy. Like I was the guy that was always talking junk yeah. or getting to a pushing match or a shove match. No, it ain't. No, we ain't fighting. No. But <laughs> it's going to feel like it. But I'm going to be out there Gosh. pushing and shoving. We're going to talk junk, you know, if you, especially if you're talking to me. So I was, I was a rah-rah player somewhat. Uh, but from the outside looking in, I was real kind of calm. So if you know me, I really wasn't rah-rah. But if I'm competing against you, you would think I'm a rah-rah guy. But so my coaching style is still an energetic, yelling type coaching style. Mm-hmm. I'm one of those guys. But a, a quick story where I had to change because I coached my high school. I, I was the receiver coach when I was in when I first got out of the league. I coached my, my high school in Washington. And we went to a jamboree. And this my I was fresh out the league. We go to a jamboree. <laughs> And this little kid started talking junk. And here I am. Forget I'm a coach. Oh, I went in on him. I went in. But I was like, hold on. I got to check myself. I can't do that no more. (laughs) I can't do that. So so after that time, I kind of, I checked myself and had to realize, okay, I got to get it. I can't be in player mode when it comes to junk talking to the kids. You know, I just got to talk to my kids and not the actual opponents and those kids like they still kids i'm a grown man i'm going Can't in on them yeah, they yeah. catching it biggie and, and even now like with the choosing the choice of language that you know a parent might go back and and tell a principal or somebody that's superior over you even though you're the more uh savvy guy knowledgeable guy and all this that, that but then it's just that i couldn't do the schools you, i couldn't do it you know you know what and that's one thing i could say about it right now if I if I'm ever coaching and and even when they come to me coaching AAU or seven on seven, I ain't got a lot of I don't put up with a lot of stuff from parents uh, right. because at the end of the day, if you don't like how I'm coaching, you know, maybe that's not your program. Right. You know what I'm saying? Right. So parents talking about, you know, fussing too much or something. OK, I understand that. 
you go to another program. But yeah. this is how I coach. This is how I'm going to stay And there. this is how it's going to be. You, you know, know what I'm saying? The craziest thing about it is like, so I haven't ran into that with training athletes at the Premier Sports Academy. Mm-hmm. I've always said, am I open? Like I, if I'm on the field and the parents out there watching say, is it cool if I coach him my style? Like I need to coach. Like mm-hmm. you brought him or this athlete, him, her, whoever it is for a reason. Mm-hmm. You like what our potential knowledge could be and how we can put that into your athlete, student athlete. So don't hinder me. Like, if there was a way that you needed to coach them, you coach them. You wouldn't sign them up for it. You that's know right. what I'm saying? That's right. And, and it's kind of one of those things. But that's why I deal with the adults now because I can say whatever I want to say. Yep. You know? But nonetheless, people, we appreciate you listening. Um, we we going to keep this thing rolling. Hopefully next week we're going to be able to uh, potentially put some uh, visual stuff to this. That's what the plan is. Hopefully everything goes smoothly. Look, We're not we not gonna guarantee it, but it's gonna happen. We guaranteeing that thing. We going oh, visual, man. We guaranteeing this thing. Listen, oh. next week we gonna be visual. So get ready. Make sure you tune in, and we putting the pressure on. We gonna be visual yeah, next week. Yeah, you put the pressure on right there. <laughs> but today's show brought to us by Believe in Bet Online again. Hey, people, jump out there, head to Bet Online today. Use your mobile device to sign up today and receive the fifty percent welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code Believe to get you started. Thank you guys for listening. Jump on our Facebook page, The War Room Podcast and ECU Podcast. Throw out some topics that you want to touch on. We're not just going to stick to sports and sports only. We're going to talk about real life. We're going to talk about life in the ENC. We're going to talk about life all over U.S. Maybe we got to jump into the racism thing again. Maybe we got to jump into finances. Maybe we got to jump into mental health. Whatever it may be, we're going to touch these topics, but we want to talk about what the people want to hear. So with that being said, thank you for listening. We'll speak to you next week. Thank you. Bye. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.